Aloha and ta'alofa to you. Welcome to another episode of Ohana. Thanks for choosing to listen in today, guys. Our topic today is so important. We're answering the question, how can I be a part of God's family, right? Or how can I be a part of God's Ohana? Now, it is so important that you listen to the first two episodes of, of Ohana uh, because that sort of it sort of sets uh, the foundation for this episode, right? Because we're not talking about, you know, how can I just join any other church or, or be part of any other family or, or whatnot. What we're talking about on this podcast is the Ohana of God that we read about in the Bible, right? The church that we read about in the word of God. So when it comes to becoming a member at a church, right, um, man has come up with so many different ways uh, where, 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 where people can be part of their church, right? Some churches would have a sort of like a board of leadership uh, that they would, you know, sort of in, uh, uh, interview the individual that is wanting to join and basically, these leaders or this board of, of, of members would vote if the person can be part of their church or not. In some places, uh, some churches, you can walk up to, 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 to the church and worship with them and, and uh, just be part of them and joining their church. And, and there's really no formality or, or really there's nothing really necessary or required from you. You can just join in and, and be a part, right? And, and so I could go down the list of many different ways that, that, that many different man-made churches have, have set up to gain membership. But what we're talking about today is we're talking about how anyone can be part of the church that we read about the Bible. And, and so if you're looking to be part of God's Ohana, that true church, the Lord's church, the one that Jesus said he would build, uh, that is in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, the church that was established at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. If you're looking to be part of that church, of that Ohana, then the answer to our question is biblical, right? Just as the one church is biblical, uh, the answer to our, to our question is found in the scriptures. I'll tell you, no one votes for anyone to be part in the Lord's church. There's no voting done, right? There's no interviewing you and, and trying to figure out if you are a perfect fit for this church, right? Also, um, no one can simply join the church that belongs to Christ, right? No one can simply just join God's family, right? That, that's important also to consider. And, and listen to this part, right? No man adds you to God's family, right? A person becoming a member of God's ohana is, is not a, a responsibility on another man to add you or a board of members to add you um, no one does that. Only one person does that. That's God, right? 
God adds you to the family, to his ohana. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. We'll revisit Acts chapter 2 uh, later on. But Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, after hearing the gospel and, and hearing the preaching by Peter and, and, and being convicted of their sins, the people cried out to Peter and Peter responded to them on how they can be saved or they can be forgiven or what they must do. If you continue reading, you'll come to verse 47, where the Bible says this, uh, Acts 2 and verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Let me read that again. Acts 2 and verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Notice that if you are saved the Bible way, it is God who adds you to the Bible church, right? So, so it, this really brings up a parallel question. Right? If you are asking this question, how can I be part of God's ohana or God's family or God's church? The parallel question is this, what must I do to be saved? Right? What must I do to be saved? Because according to Acts 2 and verse 47, those who are saved are added to the family, to the church by God. Right, so I hope that you have your Bible with you. Um, but if not, I mean, this is the nature of a podcast, you're probably doing something else. Uh, just give this one a good listen. What I'm gonna do for the remainder of our episode, I'm going to take you through the scriptures where God teaches us how to be saved the Bible way. Uh, in order for us to be added to God's family by God, right? So these are our steps that are in the scriptures that teaches us how to be saved. In order for us to be added by God to the church, to his son's church. So the first step, and, and we'll look at examples uh, after we look at these steps. The first step is hearing God's word, right? There isn't any other book on earth that can adequately teach you the truth than the word of God, right? The word of God has taught us all the things that we know about God, about his, his creation, about where we came from. Uh, his word teaches us about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. This is the Bible is the only book that can adequately teach you, adequately teach you of who God is and what you must do and what church uh, 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 should we seek to be a part of. It's all in the word. So you need to hear the word of God, specifically when it comes to salvation, you need to hear the good news. Right, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right in 1 Corinthians 15, you read about what the gospel is. It is the 
death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 4. And it is the gospel of Christ that saves us. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for all who believe to the Jew first and then the Greek. Right? So you must hear God's word, because it is from God's word that our faith in God, our faith in Christ is produced. And so you need to have faith, because without faith, you can't please God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One must have faith in order to please God. That, that, that is why the first step is hearing God's word. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you read the book of Acts, whenever you see people being saved, you will notice something. You will notice that the message of Christ was preached. The message of Christ was heard. And so people wanted to be saved. People started putting their faith and their trust in Christ because of the salvation that he offers from sin. So step number one is to hear God's word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Number two one must believe, step number two, one must believe Jesus is the Son of God, all right? Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. John 3 and verse 16, we must believe him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. One must believe that Jesus is the son of God. You think about the reason why the apostle John wrote his book or his account of the life of Jesus. He gives that to us in John chapter 20 and verse 30 and 31. John wrote this and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Notice that. Why do we have the book of John? So that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Why do we even have a Bible? So that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It is so important to believe this truth, because if one does not believe it, then one will die in their sins. And Jesus said this to Jews who, who had all the evidence available to them that point them to Christ. The, the law that were the law that was given to the Jews by Moses uh, from God. The point of that law was to lead them to Christ, was to bring them to Christ. Galatians chapter 3, 24 and onward teaches that. And, and Jesus in John 8 and, and, and verse 24 is what I'm highlighting. In that context, 
the Jews whom he was speaking to did not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They did not believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. And so Jesus said this to them, Therefore I say to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. You notice the importance of believing here? If one does not believe Jesus is the Son of God, then that person will not be saved, right? Because Jesus is the way, John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you must, we must believe. Step number one, hear about the word of God. Step number two, believe what the word of God says about Jesus, that he is the son of God. Step number three, repent of all your sins. If you are going to be saved, you need to know from what you need saving. And we need saving from sin. Sin ruins us. Sin brings eternal death, Romans 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59 verse 1 and verse 2 teaches that. Sin will ruin us, it will, it will, it will take us to hell, and so we need to give up sin in our life. That, that doesn't mean you become sinless. But it means that you don't live a lifestyle of sin. And repentance is turning away from sin, turning to God, making all those necessary changes in our life So, so for the sake of righteousness. Right? Notice the scriptures that demands repentance. Acts 17 and verse 30. Uh, this is one of those passages. This is Paul preaching the message of Christ on Mars Hill. And he's clo close to the concluding of his sermon. He, he calls, he provides a call to action, right? Great sermons have calls to action. And this is Paul calling the people who are hearing him to repentance. He says, truly these times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Notice what Paul said by the Holy Spirit. God now commands that all men everywhere to repent. Acts 17 and verse 30. Jesus said the same thing, a similar thought. Jesus said, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Step one, hear God's word. Step two, believe what it says about Jesus is the son of God. You believe Jesus is the son of God. Uh, believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Step three, repent of all your sin. Turn away from sin and turn to God. Give up a sinful lifestyle and live a righteous lifestyle. Even though you may stumble, you are living a righteous lifestyle in Christ. You do your best to do that. Step number four is making that great confession. To confess before people. That Jesus is the Son of God. That is the truth. As a matter of fact, going back to the origin of the church, Jesus said it is upon that truth that he is the Son of God that he will 
build his church. Remember what he said uh, when Peter responded, when Peter made the great confession, Peter said to Jesus, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Uh, Jesus responded to Peter, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And, and then Jesus said to him, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Right? That's the confession. And one must make that confession. One must confess Jesus is the son of God. Matthew 10, verse 32 and 33. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my father who is in heaven. Uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 also is a great scripture on this, on this teaching. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You make the great confession that Jesus is the Son of God, just like the eunuch that you read about in Acts chapter 8. right? The eunuch said, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. And when he made that confession, uh, um, Philip stopped the chariot and they went down into the water and he baptized the eunuch. And that's step number five is being baptized. The accurate word would be be immersed, right? The Greek word baptizo is transliterated. That's why we have this word uh, baptize or baptism. We must be baptized to wash away our sins, there is no other way around it. And man has tried to teach many other things like the sinner's prayer or ask Jesus to come into our heart. The Bible teaches that baptism is absolutely essential for salvation. You know why? Because Jesus said it. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right? They, in other words, go and tell the message. Let the people hear of the gospel. And then Jesus said in verse 16, he who believes, believes what? Believes the gospel, believes Jesus is the son of God. He says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes not will be condemned. Who is going to say to Jesus, well, Jesus, we believe in the first part believing, but we don't believe in baptism. There's a lot of people that do that today, unfortunately. We need to listen to Jesus. He meant what he said. Belief and baptism leads to salvation. That is step number five, right? The first step is hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Uh, step two, believe Jesus is the Son of God. Step three, repent of all your sins. Step four, confess. Make the great confession. Jesus is the Son of God. Make that confession before people. And then step, step five, be baptized or be immersed in water in order to be forgiven of your sins. Acts 2 and verse 38, that's what Peter said to, to the people who wanted to be saved, who wanted to be forgiven for killing Jesus. 
and, and they cried out to Peter and, and, the, and the rest of the apostle. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do in Acts 2 and verse 37? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for this purpose, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice, if you believe Jesus and you won't and you weren't baptized, then you're not forgiven. You must be baptized in order to be forgiven, right? And, and you know, we 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 have many passages on baptism. Um, uh, for, for the sake of time, we won't look at all of them, but Romans chapter six is one of those important passages on baptism. They're all important, but Romans chapter six really tells us what, what it is and what it does, right? If you have your Bible with me, go there with me to um, Romans chapter six, and this is Paul writing to Christians, right? And, and Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life, right? That's verse one through four. Notice what Paul said there about baptism, right? Number one, he acknowledges he himself was also baptized. You read about that in Acts chapter nine, right? In Acts chapter nine, and again, Acts chapter 22, and again, Acts chapter 26, right? But Paul says here, did you not know, he's writing to Christians, did you not know that we were baptized into Christ's death? That means, that means through baptism, we reenact the gospel of Jesus Christ. Through baptism, we join Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. We notice that? It is through baptism you completely obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and wash away all your sins. That is what we must do in order to be saved. In order to be saved, and that in those steps, five steps that I've shared with you, we must take those steps to put us in a position where God will add us to the church, to His family. Now, I want to take you to Acts chapter two. I told you we'll come back here. Now, notice in Acts chapter 2, all right, I want to do a quick summary of, of Acts chapter 2, all the way to the point where Peter uh, calls the people uh, to, to, to respond to the sermon of, of Jesus, about Jesus Christ. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, uh, the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles, right? And so the apostles started speaking different languages of the day as the Spirit gave them utterance, this miraculous power to speak different languages. Um, verse 5, all the way through verse 13, is the crowd responding to this event, right? They're like, what happened here? What's going on? We're hearing these Galileans speaking our language. Well, that's amazing. Some people were saying, well, they are drunk. 
and, and so they're not really drunk. And in verse 14 through 21, Peter explained the phenomenon. He, he explains to them what just happened. What just happened is according to prophecy. It's, this was prophesied about what God would do in the latter days, these days, the Christian age, where God would pour out his spirit. And that's exactly what they saw. It was the outpouring of the spirit on the apostles. And from then on, the apostles would lay their hands on all the others and they would receive miraculous gifts, save Cornelius and his family. All right. So in verse 22 of Acts 2, all the way down to verse 36, that is gospel preaching. The apostle Peter, after he explains what happened according to prophecy, he now turns everyone's attention to the Savior, Jesus. And he identify who Jesus is. It is this Jesus, the one who performed miracles, the one that God proved as attested by God uh, to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst. So Paul or Peter takes them through this lesson. He, he tells them about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 36... He, he calls them to, to action. He says, he tells them, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord shall call. Now, notice verse 40 through 47 to the end of the chapter. Here's what happened, right? These people heard what Peter said, and Peter continued to, te to teach them about the truth. Verse 40 says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Notice what happened here. Then those who gladly received his word. What word? The word about Christ. The word about repenting and being baptized as the solution of being saved. He says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls, listen to this, were added to them. Who's doing the adding here? Who, who, who's allowing people to be part of God's family? It is God doing the adding through the gospel of Jesus Christ. When people obey the gospel, God adds them to the church. And that's what we see here. Continuing the reading, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What, what did they continue to do? They learned the truth. In fellowship, in the breaking of bread, they observed the Lord's Supper weekly. In prayers... Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. The signs and wonders were done to confirm the validity of the message of Christ. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as many as, as anyone had need. Verse 46, so continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, 
They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Do you notice the answer to our question right there? How can I be a part of God's family? How can I be a part of the Lord's church? I need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I need to believe he is the son of God. I need to repent of my sins. I need to make the great confession. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I need to be baptized just as commanded by the apostles, by the Holy Spirit of God, and by Jesus himself. I need to be baptized for the forgiveness of my sins. And, and when I have done that, the Bible tells me the Lord adds me to the church. When I've done those things, the Bible tells me that I have been saved. Notice that? That's the answer to our question. It's a Bible answer, right? So when, when, it, when we're talking about being part of the church that you read about in the Bible, the Bible also tells you the answers of how to, to become a Christian, how to be part of that family of God. Thank you so much for your time and, and your attention. Take care and God bless.